Welcome to Season 2 of The Successful Strategist, a podcast on strategy, management, and governance dedicated to helping you address the most important questions any organization can ask. I'm Mitchell Muncy, a consultant who has co-founded or led five startups, for-profit and non-profit, spanning the media, public policy, and higher education. In these practical five-minute episodes, I cut through jargon and myth to offer you the same advice I give my clients. Good morning. This is the seventh in a series of episodes on the elements of a strategic plan. Last time, we discussed the need for any strategic plan to define its key terms clearly. Otherwise, the organization will be crippled by confusion and misunderstanding. Today, we'll discuss the need to explain the priority, order, and relationship of the activities and initiatives in our strategic plan. It's common for strategic plans to list dozens of initiatives to be carried out over a short period of time, usually a few years at the most. If a plan includes descriptions of each initiative, it can be more than 50 pages long. The problem usually isn't that the activities and initiatives are bad or foolish in themselves. Rather, for all their length, strategic plans typically fail to explain which activities and initiatives are the most important, in what order they should be done, and how they relate to one another. This makes a strategic plan little more than a praiseworthy but jumbled to-do list. The need to put activities and initiatives in order shows why strategy and execution are really the same. If we're hoping to do something different, or something better, than similar organizations, then our understanding of what to do in what order and how one activity builds on another must also be different or better than similar organizations, which means our understanding must be deliberate. Simply deciding we want to become unique isn't enough. We must order our work in a particular way to achieve that uniqueness. It isn't possible, then, to separate the choice to be distinctive in a certain way from a specific and integrated set of activities that will make that distinctiveness possible. As a practical matter, strategy is unavoidable. I once led a planning meeting during which one of the senior managers of the organization insisted that everything is a priority. While this sounds absurd on its face, this was exactly how the leadership of the organization behaved day to day. One of the other senior managers described the organization's culture as firefighting, that is, constantly working furiously to overcome the delays, miscommunications, and other bad consequences of the leadership bouncing from one so-called priority to another. If we have more than one activity or initiative to complete, we must select an order in which to do them if we want to complete any of them at all. Finally, Our strategic plan must explain to employees managing different functions how their work fits with the work of colleagues in other functions. If we don't select our activities and initiatives for their potential to reinforce each other, the approach of different functions or teams to each other will begin in confusion and end in competition. 
Our strategic plan must describe the specific relationship of our activities, not just to our overall goals, but to each other. Organizations avoid ordering their activities and initiatives for the same reasons they avoid other choices. The desire to keep their options open and to avoid controversy. But refusing to set priorities only prepares the way for the cynicism and disappointment of dozens of half- or quarter-finished projects. My suggestion for today is, ask whether your organization's strategic plan sets clear priorities. Does the plan consider the possibility that one or more of its initiatives could conflict with each other, at least practically? Does the plan provide any guidance, should this happen? Next time, in the final episode of this series and of Season 2 as a whole, we'll discuss one last essential feature of any strategic plan, the possibility that it can fail. Most people learn about podcasts from friends and colleagues. If this episode was helpful, please take 30 seconds right now to recommend The Successful Strategist to one other person. And be sure you haven't missed any of the previous episodes. If you'd like to receive my twice-monthly newsletter, which includes show notes and a summary of important ideas about strategy, management, or governance, sign up at thesuccessfulstrategist.com. I'm glad we could invest this time together. Remember, being a successful strategist doesn't require specialized training or unique insight, just a commitment to asking the right questions. The Successful Strategist is a production of Prospera LLC, a consulting firm providing strategy development, nonprofit due diligence, crisis management, and interim executive management to mission-driven organizations and philanthropists. Learn more at ProsperaLLC.com. This is Mitchell Muncy. Talk to you next time.